and gentlemen of the interwebs and all the ships at sea. Good evening and welcome to Joe's People. It's a Catholic podcast, but it's not totally lame. Tonight on the big show, Joe's bestie, Sam Higgins, returns from Outer Mongolia to co-host once again. The boys get theological about donating and Advent discernment. Then they interview Joe's friend Lori about growing up in the Catholic stronghold of New Orleans. And now, the man who makes me a better Catholic. Wait, I'm not saying that. Weren't you the one who tried to fix the election when they voted in the new Apostle Matthias? Hey, stick to the script or we'll get somebody else to do this. Arr. Anyway, alright, the man who makes me a better Catholic, Mr. Joe Geisler. And Sam Higgins. some good feedback on the announcer um oh on the new announcer oh yeah who's that um yeah you'll have to listen rod roddy oh, okay no oh yeah anyway yeah so still... uh sam sam joins me again my good buddy sam uh, Hi, folks, it's from, been a while yeah it's been a while yeah you're back from uh outer tibet? mongolia or tibet mongolia, oh, i'm sorry whichever I thought it was mongolia you're going might have been mongolia or uh, or we thought it might be Schlitterbahn. I forgot what I made up, but uh, well, I didn't Something make that one up. I was there for quite a while. Schlitterbahn. Yeah, you had a we had a pass for Schlitterbahn. I've already got 2014. Oh, cool. And I don't even know if I'm going to be here then. But uh, really, if I am, I'll have the season pass. I'm sure I will, but I'm just saying, you know, that was yeah. a lot of money to put down on a season pass when I don't even know if I'll be here. Yeah, you don't eight months from now. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, North Korea might might hit Austin with a nuke or something. And it'll be all a moot point. But I know, yeah, so I didn't buy my head. I saved twenty dollars though. Oh, well, that's good. In the case we don't, there's not really a problem. Here, think, so. yeah. That's cool. Uh, actually, I was at a swing dance last night. The band was playing a song called "It's Christmas at Ground Zero. So, um, that that's a Weird Al. Is it? It was a Weird Al. Was a weird Al. Okay. Yeah, Christmas at Ground Zero. Was oh, yeah, good. It, was, it was good. It was yeah. one of my favorite songs. I tipped them a dollar. Okay. So I'm sorry to disappoint if you thought they made it up. But it no, is a great I, I song. Just, it was yeah. a, no, no, it's a great uh, good old yeah. Weird Al. They didn't mention that. So. But, uh, but uh, yeah, well. I can take think that other people thought they were that witty, yeah. But I'm sure it was a great performance. It was good. It was, it was weird. Awesome. I had to uh, I had to teach uh, three it's women Christmas. how to how to swing dance. So it was rough. Now you got the song stuck in my head. It's Christmas at Ground Zero. Hey, don't don't hum that wolf. Oh, have sorry, a, don't sorry. I forgot the whole copyright thing. Yeah. Yeah. it's okay if it's like I mean, small enough. Uh, yeah, it was quick so, and I didn't so, sing it very well. So I normally don't like to date the shows, but uh, yeah, it is. This is sort of our Christmas show. Um, but uh, I thought that was more of an fun, issue uh, from year to year. I didn't yeah, think, from year to year. Yeah, so I didn't think uh, what season it is. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, fun. Yeah. So oh it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, really hot outside. Yeah, no, yeah, no, sure these saying, ninety degree scorchers. It's perfectly fine that it, we okay. talk about no, that the, I, no year to year. Yeah, exactly. So we won't say which Christmas it is exactly. So just in case people are listening, like five, ten, twenty years from now, they can still listen. And I can still be selling Joe's people yeah. like CDs added to the item. Yeah. It would have to be before 2014, of course. Why that could happen? Well, just saying, if, yeah, you want it to be timeless so that, you know, five, six, seven, ten years from now, people before 2014 and after 2012 won't know what Christmas it is. So. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Exactly, yeah, sure. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so uh, so what, uh, you're uh, you're preparing for, uh, we're in the season of Advent still, though, so you're preparing uh, for Christmas? Yeah. You, did you do anything for Advent? Uh, so? Nothing, well, I guess I came to the decision, it won't be, of course, during the course of Advent, but I was kind of discerning lately that... 
I haven't been on a retreat in probably over a year. And even then, some of those were kind of, uh, they were good retreats. I enjoyed them, but, but I've discerned I really need to go to a real retreat for the first time in probably five years. So hmm. that was, I guess, my big, big decision. Um, the axe retreat what was that adoration oh, yeah, community and something service is the S. I forget what the T is, but anyway, I, I need to do a retreat. So I've at least made that decision, and I'm going to do a month long fast in January. Oh, really? Month long? But, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, not gonna eat for a month. I didn't say I'm not gonna eat. Well, fast can be multiple no things. Fast. Depends okay. what you're fasting from. But so. no, I won't be fasting from food. I see. Uh, maybe I'll incorporate some food elements to it. But it'll be anyway. Christmas season though in January. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, season, so. but it was just more the fact that it was made, a decision made during Advent. I, I, oh, I see, yeah. I, yeah, it's been good all around, though. I mean, it's still um, um, also part just kind of getting away from the whole secular mindset of, yeah, there Christmas is everywhere, and everyone telling me Merry Christmas at the stores, and of course you just sort of shrug it off. It's like, oh, that's what it, the way it is, but, you know, I've kind of, it, it's over the years I've learned to embrace my Catholic, um, my Catholicity. Catholicity. That, so... So should we be, we should be saying Happy Advent or a Blessed Advent? I don't or, know. Honestly, what do you really I'm, think I'm still struggling. I guess I, I do say Happy Advent just to be silly, but I'm mm. struggling because I, I usually don't say anything. I just say, yeah, you too. I think people know about Lent. Uh, some people may not know about Advent as much as they know yeah. about Lent, right? Because like Subway, they'll, they'll, they'll have fish sandwiches in, uh, during Lent, right? Mm-hmm. So, But they might, you know, uh, during Advent, literally, you know, do anything other than maybe. Yeah, I wear a purple tie. So That's good. Be liturgical, liturgical. Oh, and, and there was a married couple that both had their rows on for the the third Sunday. Yeah, it, was, and it was it was cool, but for Gaudete, quite so, far. Yeah. What was that again? Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete rose. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so so yeah. Um, hey, yeah. So I want to talk about the Pope. Uh, so I, I have all kinds of friends that are they're fascinated by the Pope, uh, non-Catholics especially. So uh, I got a, got a friend that likes what he said about taking care of the poor. You know, he's big on that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we usually get props for taking care of the poor. So yeah, as most people are not anti-poor in general, or at least they don't say that. No, C.S. Yeah. Lewis points that out. That that uh, C.S. Lewis, a uh, famous uh, 20th century writer, now deceased, but uh, very popular, and he points out that in terms of just writing styles and beliefs and so on and so forth, that that, that amidst many other types of stories and ideas. Christianity may not be distinct, or Judaism, the Jude, the Judeo-Christian tradition. But um, I think the way he said it was, yes, the Greek gods were fine with casting down the proud, but the, 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 oh, the poor, they weren't so much on lifting them up. But you go back to even the Psalms and the Proverbs about, yes, casting down the proud, but even lifting up the poor yeah. in addition. And it, it really is, if you look across the whole spectrum of um, ancient literature and, and traditions and religion, it really is very unique. And um, and he made that additional point to the even the modern mind, while they may not participate in that service themselves, it's certainly a sentiment that they can get behind, even to the modern mind. It's an idea that um, in helping the poor, you know, it's something that it's hard to uh, speak against. It's hard to criticize. You know, it's something yeah. that even the modern secularist atheists can understand as being a good thing. Well, yeah, yeah. There's, um, I've heard Catholic speakers say that some of the, you know, there's ideas in socialism that were, that were gotten from Christianity, right? So the, the twisted in terms maybe of maybe not gotten from the twisted. Well, some of the, uh, yeah, twisted. I mean, there are some, there are good ideas that have been, um, yeah, malformed possibly. But I mean, 
you know, in there the idea of, yes, helping the poor. Not not to the extent of everybody has to be equal, but um, uh, that, that, that some of those ideas are, you know, we're sort of competing with our own ideas in some ways in, um, in terms of that, yeah, you know, the idea that, oh, yeah, we need to help the poor, but not to the point that, oh, yeah, that means the state needs to seize all private property and all that. Yeah, there's we, I mean, the state's not a person. Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, well, that's the thing, right? Charity is not, uh, charity isn't really like taking somebody else's money and giving it to the poor. Right? Pretty charity much. I mean, giving I'm your money I'm to the pretty poor. sure yeah. Matthew, yeah. in the book of Matthew, Christ says that which you do for the least of your brothers, not that which you vote for someone else to do for your least of the brothers. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure in the Acts... Of the apostles, it says that where your treasure lies, there your heart lies also. Not that where your vote lies. That's exactly. where your treasure. So I, yeah, I mean, so again, people kind of t- twist that to make it seem like there's some sort of yeah idea. But I thought that like, was just hey, a little that, that guy's poor. Let's give him some of your money. Yeah, so, yeah that's but, not really I mean, that gets into a lot of bigger issues. I thought this was just yeah. a little thirty-minute show. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. no. Uh, well, yeah, I thought it was interesting that uh, yeah, a lot of people harped on that part of the. So this was it was from oh Evangel- yeah yeah Evangelii Gaudium however you say uh, it I'll be honest I haven't, read it. Of, uh, I haven't read it yet now, and now yeah, a lot of people yeah. are jumping on that but yeah, yeah but I it was a very it, long so document and, uh, well okay but one of the other topics he oh see I mean, he hit a lot of topics in that one he just he mentioned economics like once you know and uh, exactly one thing is he also said he. He gave the disclaimer, you know, that he's not an expert on uh, sure. on political, social, economic, and other issues. Uh, Which is good, because uh, that humility's there, but a lot of people yeah. jump on it all automatically, like, well, the Pope says this, so this is that. And it's like, well, no, he's not speaking from the chair, you know, I mean, he's yeah, just writing a, what he knows, and, and especially the part where he is being humble enough to say, I don't know all the issues that may involve in something. Well, people don't put that part, they just put, oh, isn't... Our current capitalistic structure all terrible. Yeah, they, they tried to pull out one paragraph. And yeah. One thing is, a lot of it was about, um, I mean, it was about evangelization. It was about people that work in ministry, and it exactly. was about how you know a lot of us are slackers, and or or we get uh, we don't we don't uh, exude joy in ministry, so we get kind of downtrodden, and then you know and blasé, and how. But I you know most of it was an exhortation how we need to stop slacking, get on the yeah. job, so uh, participate in ministries. I'm always inspired by those that can be a little more bold than I am. I, I tend to sometimes shy away from the big issues, but um, especially in the, the common circumstances that most of us are involved in, you know, your work scenario. You know, I know a lot of people are very um, nervous and, and hesitant to share anything about their faith at all. Um, but it's always nice. Um, in, over my my Christmas party, just over my Christmas party, I was able to share a little bit about, you know, my background and other people share theirs in terms of their faith and it's it's not always the case where you may be in a supportive environment where you know those types of things don't have repercussions but regardless of that if there be repercussions or if they're supportive or against the the more bottom line part is you know how what risk are you willing to take you know and sharing something that's important to you and that you think is not just a good, happy feeling thing for somebody else, or this will help you with your problems, but more importantly, this is the essence of life. This is something that we believe we've found that we are compelled to share. I, I usually, uh, you know, on occasion I'll just tell my coworkers, everybody's, you know, godless. So. But no, I don't oh, usually say that now. Not in so many words. I don't open that way. No. I have some, my coworkers are my, you know, some of them are my listeners. They're loyal listeners now. So, you know, That's good. And, um,. Yeah, my, my you know former coworker, he was my sound guy, and my boss, um, 
my boss helped, uh, or he actually mixed my uh, theme song. So, yeah. well, and I guess That's while we're good. at it, you know, I should do a shout out. Hey, Elaine, I just told you about the show today. Sorry, Joe, I forgot to tell my sister in Tennessee. Oh, because really? I figure all the friends here have already heard about it. Yeah, you know? really, you should get, get man, built so, me up in sorry Tennessee. There, yeah, so, Tennessee's probably the missing market. So, hey, Elaine, hey Tim, how's it going? It's good. Now we now I know I get a listener there possibly. Yeah. I, do you have a lot of weight with the inside of your family? Can you get? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I get I like. Think Three or four members of my family, I think, might actually well, listen now. So. I just found out she listened to Jennifer uh, to Jennifer Fulweiler, oh, so okay. her reads. I we guess. like her. Yeah, she's. Yeah. Uh, well, we're gonna have her on the show eventually. So she's one of Joe's people. Yeah, she'd be a good get. Yeah, yeah she, I, I would think part, so. Part of one of my inspirations for doing the podcast, since she's a blogger and you know all that. So yeah. But yeah, and I found out today uh, my my friend Juliana. So she likes to listen to us in the car. So. So Juliana, you know, if you're listening in the car, pay you know, pay attention to your driving. Really, don't be, don't really, you know, don't get too lost. Uh, Look out for that tree. Yeah, watch out for that squirrel. So yeah, but anyway, but yeah. So uh, all right. Well, the other thing, we're big in the UK. Like we're uh, okay, partly because I, I my Google AdWords is targeted to the UK sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I get a lot of downloads in there. So because well, I get feedback English. from the yeah, they speak English too. Yeah. So that's their first language. So. In fact, it was their first language before it was America's first language. True, so. I guess so. Yeah, but yeah, it would, technically, I think it'd be interesting to hear about. Like, I, give me, I, I'd like some feedback from the UK. I think our UK listeners should like poster. Yeah. I, I'd like to hear like Joe's people in, you know, with a British accent, or uh, you know, Celtic or whatever that you know. There's uh, we're big in uh, Wales and also Scotland too, yeah. Ireland. So we're all over all over the U, the all over Britain, Great yeah. Britain now. So, all right, so uh, we're going to be interviewing our buddy uh, Laurie. Uh, Lori's from New Orleans, so I think he's officially a Cajun. Although we'll have to figure out what's, uh, or yeah, I'm not sure. But and then now she lives up in uh, Temple, mm-hmm. so uh, she went from sort of a bastion of Catholicism to a place where it's uh, not as big. So that, that's a small on. town in Texas for those from the UK. Temple, yeah, Texas. Temple, Temple, Texas. Yeah, tiny so. town. Yeah, near. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm near, to think in between Dallas near, yeah, and Austin. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, between Dallas and Austin. There's not really a whole lot of. Not really much near anything, so but close enough that she can drive down here and be interviewed. So should be fun. So it should be interesting. All right. So and then uh, yeah, Lori. She she seems to have no end of things to talk about. So um, I'm not sure I have any I questions. I think she like just that. asked for an opening rant, and then she's just going to go. So well, there you go. Yeah. So that's what you need. Exactly. Takes all the work out of my job. So. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Okay. So we'll uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back with Lori. This is Mary McClory. M little C big C little L O R Y and you're listening to Joe's People. Good evening, friends. During Christmas we celebrate the arrival of baby Jesus. But this Christmas another special baby needs your help. Baby Walter Rogers was born on October fifth, twenty thirteen, with a rare condition called esophageal atresia type A, which means that his esophagus doesn't connect to his stomach. Baby Walter is going to need a lot of help and special care as he grows. But the first step is surgery to repair his esophagus. Walter's mom, Leah Rogers, learned about an innovative treatment program at Children's Hospital Boston. Walter's mom and dad have set up a fundraising website to help cover the cost of seeking this innovative surgical treatment far away from their home, family, and friends. They have been told to expect Walter to remain at Children's Hospital Boston for at least three months before being able to come home. Although they are fortunate to have very good medical insurance, Walter's transport may not be covered, and the time off work, travel, and lodging expenses will be a serious financial hardship for the family. We ask you to please consider donating to their family to help cover the expenses of transferring Walter to Boston. You can find out more about Baby Walter and the fundraising effort 
at GoFundMe.com slash BabyWalter. Even a small donation would be greatly appreciated. Again, that's GoFundMe.com slash BabyWalter. G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M slash B-A-B-Y-W-A-L-T-E-R. Thank you for your support, and please keep them in your prayers. So anyway, so we're, yeah, we're, uh, all right, yeah, we're back. Uh, I'm here with Sam, and we're joined by my good female friend, Lori. She doesn't like being called a buddy, apparently. So. Not a buddy. That's the whole thing. Not a buddy, apparently. And I, no, okay, do you want to pronounce your last name? Because, uh, so what? Oh, yeah, now she's all verklempt. What? You're going to have to do that all over. What? Oh, What's wrong on. with that? <laughs> that's a point. That's, that's a point. That's what we do. She's that's not my that's... buddy. Wait. Wait. She's not my buddy. She's not my buddy. One of my women people. What do we do? Is it pronounced th- Thibodeau? Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Thibodeau X? Okay, you gotta start over again. Why? Why? This is good. This is I didn't, I didn't like the intro. What? You were uh, playing with the friend. word buddy versus female this, friend. Could you? This is my female friend, Lori. How about that? Does that work? No, That's you can just call me my buddy. My listeners will like it. You know, like <laughs> just, buddy? just call me okay, my buddy. This is my buddy, Lori. <laughs> you're only making the show better. I don't really know how to edit it. I don't know. It's pretty much Okay, let's start now. Go. Go. Anyway, so just pretend we're starting now. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're, start, we're starting now. All right, okay, three, yeah, we're, we're two, back. one, go. <laughs> yeah, we're here with my buddy Lori. Uh, so yeah, so okay, I'm trying to think now. You've been you've been one of my people now. Actually, we met back in the summer, right at the LG on Tap. Yes, most likely. It was hot out, as I recall. Yeah, we were at uh, we were outside. Well, it is Texas. Yeah, Lori was very outspoken on the fact that we needed, uh, I think, more um, community. I think was it. Definitely. So yeah, so James and I called called you over to, to chat with you. So yeah, it was it was good. So, but yeah, uh, so now um, yeah, okay. So theology on tap. Oh yeah, so okay, yeah. So wanted to have you on the show for a while. So now you grew up in uh, now you live in Temple, which is kind of small. Uh, but um, now you're from New Orleans, though. Yes. I'm originally from New Orleans. Okay. Now, what part of now is there? Well, like, there's different parishes and things, right? Now, what a or what's this? It's a big town, right? Like, what a part of New Orleans? That's the main part. I mean, what, isn't there are there neighborhoods and things? Or okay, it's fine. Let's see if it's just you know, mm-hmm. good stick to that. No. Sure. The Not main... from like the French Quarter or something. Or I mean, you know, you're from. I mean, I went what? to school uptown. Okay. I, I don't know all of you know, New Orleans. I, you know, we were in the French Quarter. We were hanging out. So, and we we're by the river. So. I, just, I remember seeing a McDonald's shaped like a church. That was kind of weird. Oh, really? Yeah. That That's weird. interesting. We were, uh, yeah, we ate the, uh, we went to uh, Cafe du Monde. Can we start over the, here? Uh, why? I like, uh, what's wrong with, uh, it, You have a lot of, um, um, um. Oh, there's going to be that. Oh, you, you haven't heard the other podcast. <laughs> you, you obviously are not a fan of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is part for the course. Is, if I cut out all my ums, there really wouldn't be much left. I don't know. Yeah. So, now... Okay, so we wanted to talk about, um, actually, I wanted to talk about growing up Catholic in New Orleans. Let's talk about that. So what was that like? I mean, even if you weren't Catholic and you were in New Orleans, you were still considered Catholic because uh, our community is so built on Catholicism. We Everything's a parish over there. Right? We don't have a diocese. We have an archdiocese, meaning yeah. if you go around a corner, you can find a church. You can find, you know, just keep... Roman the corners, and you will find a Catholic church. So um, I actually went to Catholic elementary, middle school, high school, and college, all Catholic. Um, and I think it's a different type of feeling. It's, um, it's 
embodied in um, in the minds and the souls of what a true Catholic is, and how to grow up and how to um, how to live Christ's message. And I think sometimes when I um, when I go to other areas, I don't see the same type of uh, community built or the same type of influence or culture that kind of puts their mission into practice. Um, personally, um, I grew up by the, I, I like to say I grew up with the Dominicans because I went to St. Anthony of Padua and um, St. Mary's Dominican High School, which we had Dominican nuns and... We like the Dominicans. Oh, yeah? We got yeah. some Dominicans around here. They're pretty cool. Yeah, the, the Dominicans are cool. And I think one of the things was they, that they taught me the most was uh, prayer, study, community, and service. And so if I wasn't, um, if I wasn't even fulfilling one of the missions, I didn't feel like I was being a true Catholic. And so it always brought this reflection process on myself as I grew up away from New Orleans. It's like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I building the Catholic mission and philosophy that has been with me in my growing up stages. And if not, what can I do in my community to better impact them and to influence and change our society so that I am contributing in some way and giving back? So that's the thing. So you built, you grew up in a, in a Catholic world. Um, that's what... Um, it was Weigel that wrote about uh, growing up in Baltimore in a Catholic, sort of a Catholic enclave. Like, his whole world was Catholic. Um, we had a little bit of that. My parents sort of experienced that in Pittsburgh, growing up in, in a Catholic neighborhood, Catholic enclave. But uh, it sounds like, yeah, you, you still... That, that, that still exists to a certain extent there. Um, and the COK New Orleans also has the... It has the... Um, it's got the Catholic party atmosphere, though, too, right? The... Uh, the, the the festival and the uh, the Mardi Gras, the, the whole Mardi Gras thing, right? You, you know, <laughs> I have actually never heard anything bad said about Mardi Gras until actually um, last year, and and it made me kind of reflect a little bit more on that because um, Mardi Gras to me has always meant um, celebrating with my family, and yeah. it, it has been like. To me, another Thanksgiving, you go out with your family, you catch some beads, mm-hmm. um, you eat some great food, and you kind of go about your business. And um, that's the way I experienced it in New Orleans. Um, the tourists, you know, they might be taking off they their clothes on, yeah, or on being on poles and, yeah, or doing well, something like that, but that wasn't something that locals do. And so when someone mm-hmm. said that, I was just like, oh, you must be talking about our tourists. Yeah. We appreciate all tourist money, and yeah. I'm not going to deny them. Go ahead and do whatever you got to do. But, um, you know, I'm, that's not Mardi Gras. That's not yeah. Mardi Gras to the New Orleans natives. And, and to be honest, I didn't even know that myself. I had that same picture of everyone else when you're not from there. That, you know, when uh, our seminarian buddy Trey. Um, uh, oh, yeah, he, yeah. He, he's in seminary now. He lived in Austin for a while. Talked about going to Mardi Gras, and, and I didn't know from, I'm just from Texas, I'm one state over, and I had no idea, and I'm like, I don't know, it seems kind of seedy, like, what? And I go, then this was just in the, this wasn't even the New Orleans one, it was just Lake Charles, I'm like, really, what, what did you do? I was like, oh, it's just normal, 
family yeah. fun. I mean, it's just I, a normal um, fun parade. Even and, uh, Carnival, right, is is like goodbye means meat. goodbye meat, right? So yeah. it's uh, yeah. um, it's getting ready for Lent, basically, right? So the last uh, hurrah before Lent. But but the um, point is, it was family fun. I mean, yeah, it was family fun. It's not a over Definitely. the top. But you don't really know that if you're not from there. It's yeah, because it's, 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 yeah, it's, not, it's it, it, because it that's not the popular... Tr- uh, yeah. it, it depends on which street you stand on, where the yeah. tourists are who want to get beads. You don't have to do that in order to get no. beads. Yeah. But, um, you know, we have some tourists who like to be on Gone Girls Gone Wild videos, and yeah. that's what we have for them. I did, I did find it interesting that, like, the Supreme Court is, like, right on... It's, it's right in the French Quarter, um, which is kind of neat. I mean, it's just that, like, I just... Um, it's sort of as if we had we had the Texas State Capitol like right on Sixth Street because it's just sort of because it's uh, but I mean I understand it's the old it's the old part of town so that's why the Supreme Court's there but it's just sort of the juxtaposition of the Supreme Court like right in the middle of the party atmosphere is kind of is kind of interesting so but no but definitely you can see all the um, yeah I mean uh, we looked at all the uh, the churches when we were there right and the um, went to uh, St Louis Cathedral so my. Uh, our buddy uh, Archbishop Amond is there, so mm-hmm. I, I just dropped by and said hi to him. It's yeah. it's a it's him. a beautiful town and a, yeah. a, a beautiful community and a beautiful history and heritage, and I think that's one of the things that I took with me growing up. I mean, I then went on to Spring Hill College, which is um, it's located in Mobile, Alabama. It's one of the oldest college. It's Jesuit, so I went from Dominicans to, to the Jesuits. Jesuits. Yeah. Um, they can be troublemakers sometimes, though, mm-hmm. but because yeah. you know, because they, they think a lot, so we don't like that. <laughs> but it, but I was also in a town such as Mobile, Alabama, where Mardi Gras originated, and mm-hmm. being located there, I was also I also felt like I was home yeah. because they they got they got Mardi Gras and I had Mardi Gras and I had to spend my family time with my family, you know my. Uh, Mardi Gras Thanksgiving, I like yeah. to call it. That's cool. Well, that's what, um, there's a book called The Bad Catholic's Guide to Good Living, and it was talking about how, um, it, you know, it, not in a bad way, but how, like, we used to, the Catholic in the Catholic world, like, in the Middle Ages, or, you know, I don't know, olden times, we used to have, like, a third of the calendar was feast days. Yeah. So a third of the calendar were festivals and partying and stuff like that. Not necessarily the bad, you know, the bad type of partying, but, um... That, that the, in the Catholic world, that there's more, there's a lot of joy and festivities and things like that. And in some cities, right, that that's concentrated enough that you can see that oh, this is a Catholic city, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, I mean, you can see it at different places in the U.S., but definitely in in New Orleans, right? So, well, and I, you just made me think of Scott Hahn talking about again, just going to that Catholic culture that really did celebrate. I mean, again, I, I didn't have as much the the experience of this myself, but I can definitely see how awesome it would be to. Experience the saints as true brothers and sisters, even though you only know their stories and you don't know them personally and they're deceased, but at the same time being so connected to them that it's literally like celebrating your own sibling's birthday. I mean, the, the feast days and saints, uh, the saints' feast days and things like that were just so momentous that they really were celebrated almost as if it was your own sibling's party. Yeah. Well, yeah, I feel that way with, uh, whenever we do the Litany of the Saints at a on Easter Vigil, I always feel like you should really give a shout out to your uh, your favorite saint. Yeah, give a woot for like you know Saint Thomas More. He's my uh, he's my patron saint for the podcast. So you know Saint Augustine too. Love Saint mm-hmm. Augustine. Good stuff. Saint Alphonsus Liguori. I, I could go down the list. I think you need a female. I could go through a litany. I like you know. 
like Saint Teresa of Lisieux, and we like uh, you know yeah. we like Saint uh, Saint Monica, and uh, you know, and of course uh, Saint Teresa of Avila. We're big on we're big on her. So mm-hmm. another one another one of the Spanish mystics. So the interior castle. I'm like halfway through that. So good. good. I mean, like the third or fourth room. I forget. I don't know. So, but but Maybe yeah. So uh, dragons or something. <laughs> I made it to the fourth room of the castle. All right, now we're. Uh, all right, yeah, now we're we're wandering. So, all right, we'll take a break and we'll be back. We'll talk about. You want to talk a little bit about being Catholic around Christmas time? So, Definitely. so we'll uh, we'll take a break and we'll get to that. This is Joan Pearsall, and I'm glad to be one of Joe's people. You're listening to Joe's people. Why not pop round to our website at joespeople.com? That's J O E S P. E-O-P-L-E dot com and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Joe's people. Thank you ever so much. Support the building of the first Shrine for Mary in Austin. Schoenstatt, which is German for beautiful place, is an international movement of Catholics striving for a spiritual renewal of their faith in the contemporary world. We seek to grow as free, dedicated, and active witnesses of Christ in modern life by uniting our faith with our everyday lives. We look to Mary to educate us in this task and to guide us in becoming better followers of Christ. We seek formation through men's and women's groups, as well as groups of couples or families, for the deeper development of our unique spiritualities. The Shrine of Our Lady is the spiritual home and center of the Schoenstatt family. The Schoenstatt Movement of Austin is working to build a shrine for Mary right here in Austin. The shrine will be dedicated in September of 2014. You can find out more about the Schoenstatt Movement and donate on our website at schoenstatt.us. That's S-C-H-O-E-N-S-T-A-T-T dot U-S. Thank you. All right, we're back. And we're... So now, um, or yeah, we're back with my friend Lori. Now, we wanted to talk about uh, being Catholic at Christmas time. Um, so let's see. So the first thing should we talk about Santa Claus and what what should your uh, now you have you and Sam have definite opinions on whether you should you know lie to your kids about Santa Claus or not? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a loaded question. I don't know. It, yeah, what should you tell kids about Santa Claus and, and how does that affect their? It their is faith a and, pretty loaded so. question, and uh, <laughs> my my thing is um, I've been talking to a lot of my friends. Some of them are new moms or new dads, and kind of saying. Hey, how do you feel about Santa Claus? And what are you going to do when um, this conversation comes up? Are you going to celebrate Santa Claus or not? Um, the the issue with Santa Claus is the fact that he is so rooted into the birth of Christ. And if you're telling and he actually me, Santa Claus, like our image of him comes from a Coca Cola ad, more right? or less. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what we think is the picture of Santa Claus that that's Coca Cola. And if, if if you're telling if you're telling your children, by the way, at this point Sam's posing in a mirror, so oh, just no. so people can what? tell. Yeah. But I just you're like looking at yourself in the mirror right now. No, but anyway, well, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, sorry, but anyway, sorry. Back to Santa. <laughs> so if you're telling your children that um, that Santa Claus is real, and when they um, keep asking you questions about Santa Claus, how does he travel around the world? How does he do different? Things. How does he breach the, yeah, they were talking about the, then Monica you, and Carol talking about, you know, how does he breach the security system, you know. <laughs> then you continually lie to your children to tell them um, 
a, a fictitious story about Santa Claus. And the yeah. issue is, is that you're lying to your children. The And then the other thing is so rooted into the holiday that's supposed to be about the birth of Christ that your children would wonder if if A is not true, then B also might not be true. Yeah. And so you have a lot of children who may question their faith around this point. I've talked to many adults about their discovery of um, of Santa Claus and how they feel about it. And yeah. majority of the time, the stories that I hear are not the best stories about yeah. how they discovered that Santa Claus wasn't real, whether it was through their friends or, you know, just this utter realization that they've been lied to all this time. Yeah. I mean, I, could, I couldn't possibly agree more that lying to your children is wrong. And should never be done. <laughs> uh, to play the devil's advocate, though, I suppose, you know, it's... I mean, from those I've heard tell the story, you know, they still say... Some have actually said, oh, it's still something I would do because it was fun. It was cute. But for us growing up, it was more just, you know... Yeah, we knew Santa was, you know, a total and complete fake and fraud. But we still had fun with it. You know, we still joked around, you know, about Santa. And, and somebody like someone would knock on the door and it'd be our dad. We'd be like, oh, it's Santa. Or we'd leave cookies out. And like, oh, look, the cookies got eaten. And, of course, we knew it was our dad. Yeah. So, uh, you know, all in perspective, it was fun as a joke. But, yeah, once you start, basically. I've even heard people say the opposite in terms of rationalizing it. And say, no, it, in terms of, like you were saying about tying it back to your faith in Christ. And, and people say, no. See, it teaches them to believe in something. <laughs> it's like, well, it turns out to not to be it, wrong. It's yeah. good practice for <laughs> believing in your faith. I'm like, well, why don't you just teach them the faith in the first place? And then you just keep... Well, what about, I mean, does it seem like... You should then... never lie to your children. But after... Tell so them Santa is real as lying. <laughs> so. Well, what about... Um, okay, I played real devil's advocate. Um, so, uh, I mean, what about, does it make... But for them, does it make Christmas seem more magical? You mean like more more wonder filled? Well, that's the um, point of the doing the joke. I, I see that point. That the whole idea of you know quote unquote magic, you know, um, you know, just the wonder kind of fantasy element. But that's that also ties back to the idea of what we were talking about earlier of you know what does it mean to have a celebration and how do you how do you to what extent are you able to prepare for a celebration? And part of that preparation, it can still be something totally Christ-centered, um, but still be quote-unquote magical, you know, still be something that's all the decoration, all the festivity, all the uh, um, the element. Because, I mean, the story itself, even though, you know, non-Christians would regard it as strictly a myth, still contains a huge element of um, uh, mystery and wonder and awe. Just yeah. within the story itself. So, like, well, how, how, also, do you, how do you add to the story of awe? Of, I, I, I mean, how can you yeah. be three kings and stars and mangers? And, I mean, it's, that's pretty... Yeah, tough. and God becoming man. Yeah. Know, yeah so, yeah, yeah that's pretty hard, to, hard yeah. to beat. Well, what about... Yeah, and also... But what about also St. Nicholas himself, right? Who actually... I mean, actually, yeah, it was only recently, I would say in the last few years, that I became aware of, you know, the actual... His actual biography of, you know, being a bishop who... Um, uh, a bishop in Greece who ransomed girls that were going to be sold into slavery or into prostitution by their parents. Um, that there's a whole story there that could, um, you, you know, in and of itself, that's actually a, an amazing story. It um, is for his know. generosity. I, I mean, wouldn't okay. tell my children. Yeah, yeah I know, right. my kids. But I mean, you could at least. I mean, they could at least Where understand this was a good. <laughs> no, but he could. They could at least understand that you know this was a good man. That sure. this was based on right. So yeah. 
Um, I think if we look in the Bible, we can see tons of miraculous actions that have taken place. But the way we have moved Santa Claus story has become a complete commercialism. It's yeah. What What are you going to get me because I was good? And instead of sharing that heart, sharing that compassion with others, and really giving back to other people. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so, see, I was I was joking about the fact that whenever I found out that like you know classical physics wasn't really wasn't true that they'd been lying to me on that, I was kind of down. Uh, I, I kind of felt, uh, felt bad. It's okay. This and is my, going for the highbrow audience. It is. This is my. Right this is the Joe world. It's there's a blend of theology I, I and do, physics. I, I do know. highway design. Classical physics works for us. You know, it does, but it's, it's all fantasy. Way, well, classical so. physics is all fantasy. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, you just lie to yourselves. Well, then so is the chair you're sitting I mean, it's in. only. What are you going to do about? But it? But it's only because you're you're not you're at non-relativistic mm-hmm. speeds. That's the only reason your highways work. I but know, it, right? But anyway, sorry, we're we're far afield now. But yeah, well, no, Santa would have. He he'd be moving it at a. Near light speed to, to be able to run all over the place like that, right? So Pretty much. You get some, some well, quantum from Santa. Yeah. And you ask yourself, well, what, well, what is Santa's <laughs> actual purpose? Is, is Santa's purpose to, to show you that miraculous actions can happen, to show you the spirit? Or is he just supposed to roam around, um, drop down chimneys, and hand off all of these major gifts? And some families don't even have that because yeah. they're poor. And it's kind of like, well, mom, I've been a good child. Well, Where's my gifts? What do I get? And we become this greedy, Mm -hmm. just a greedy society overall. Or even if you do have, you know, parents that can afford, like, I mean, my parents always have an awesome Christmas morning. And you made me think of the other point that bugs me about the whole, like, you know, lying to your children about Santa, because lying is wrong. You should never tell your children that Santa is real. Um, uh, Joe's getting getting me to, he's paying me by how controversial I can be. Um... (laughs) Uh, but, no, I'm but trying to tell if you're being sarcastic or not. No, no, I'm not being sarcastic. Okay, I'm just yeah, trying to, you know, kind of, like, kind of dig it in there because, you know, yeah. again, these are apparently other issues aren't that controversial. But you know, what, what about you tell your kids they also brought it? I was going to real quick to make the point though about what you're saying about parents giving. Yeah, certainly, you know, it's weird for kids that are like, well, what about us that were poor? Well, we had great Christmas this morning, but how awesome was it to know? That it was my parents' love, not just some esoteric Santa that drops out of the world, chimney, whatever. But just that as a child, I still understood that this was a gift from my parents. That the whole, and again, it was magical. I mean, they had a great display. They put up, my dad would arrange all the toys and books and everything and, and, and real nice. And I mean, it just, it, it was awesome because you knew it was from them. It was an, a very intentional gift of love instead of some esoteric dude throwing presents around. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't tell your children about saying it. I'm just saying you I should am. watch your child. You should watch and Deliver, how and we'll how have all, you all hate mail sent to Sam. You, <laughs> you should watch and how you tell your child about yeah. Santa and how you tell them about the miracles that can happen. And I think you can show them about not being greedy and showing mm-hmm. them that there are people who are in need. And it shouldn't just be okay. Oh, it's getting close to that time to December. Maybe I should give back now. You should yeah. be giving back all the time. You well, know? we have that problem in general at um uh, at Thanksgiving. Everybody wants to help the homeless, right? So I used to go over and volunteer at the St. Louis Parish. We'll have um a dinner for the homeless. And actually, they get too many volunteers. So there's like not enough homeless people, and there's too many volunteers. Mm-hmm. So they have to turn people away because people were in the mood to like be charitable between like Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then. 
you know, in the summertime when I got to hit the beach, then it's like, well, okay, yeah, I'll get back to you. Thanks. <laughs> so they, it's the season. Mm-hmm. It's seasonal, right? So, but um, but then that could tie back. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. but hopefully you can build on it. I mean, yeah, it's seasonal, but hopefully that's when you can point out that this would be the whole of our life. Or get them to sign up for stuff in the summer. Exactly. Maybe lock them in. Maybe give them mm-hmm. a sign a contract. Yeah. Now, yeah. So you had a t- you had a um, you had a story about uh, about helping the poor that you wanted to share, as I recall. Um. Yeah. Joe asked me about one of my favorite stories. Uh, it was actually when I was in grad school at the University of Missouri in Columbia, and uh, my favorite story was um, from a priest. He gave his. Uh, it's homily, and he was talking about this uh, this really rich woman, and she was like just completely rich. She uh, went shopping to Macy's. She had all of these gifts in her hand. It was snowing. There was a blizzard. She was about to pop into her limo, and she looks across the street, and she sees a boy at the bus stop, and he has no clothes meant for winter. He has on shorts, he has on a t-shirt, and he's hugging himself. And he looks to be completely freezing. And she gets into her limo. Her um, her limo driver puts all of her belongings into the, the trunk of the car. And she asks the limo driver to drive around to that bus stop. So she comes out and she's talking with the young little boy. And she's saying... Where are your clothes? And he looks at her. He says, this is all I have. And she has the limo driver pop open the trunk and pull out a jacket. She starts to clothe him right there. She puts a, a cap on his head. She And he looks at her like, this woman must be crazy, obviously. And she, he was like, what are you doing? And... She says, um, these are for you. And it's just kind of one of those stories about how we have the spirit of giving to others. You know, here's this lady, you know, she has the belongings of, um, and the wealth to give back. And she sees this young boy who's in need and she clothes and shelters him. Yeah. And I feel like when the priest told that story, my thought was, wow, we have the power to shelter other people. And sometimes I get the story, but Lori, I don't have money. I don't have time. And it's kind of like, if you don't have money, there's other ways in which you can comfort people. You know, it could be your words, Um, especially in this day and time where there's nothing but layoffs going on. You can offer somebody a prayer. You can offer somebody some type of comfort. It doesn't necessarily have to always be monetary in, in the ways of giving back. If you, in reading the Bible, I think we are shown many different stories about miraculous actions. And I think one of the things that it offers us is wisdom. And sometimes we just really need to reach out to others and offer them either wisdom, love, compassion, in some type of way. And I think that that is the true spirit of Christmas. Cool. Definitely. I think that summed it up pretty well. Sam's over there nodding, too. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Cool. We agree. I mean, like I said, <laughs> it can always be that starting point, too. I mean, yeah, the spirit of Christmas 
of the season helps people that wouldn't otherwise, because certainly there are people that make these types of, you know, here's this story about this woman who, you know, sees that juxtaposition and she knows what to do with it because she's there and she sees what she has and sees someone that's in need. Um, and the challenge is to go from there. Like that to me, I just hear that and it's a great story and it's a beautiful gift, but at the same time, it's something that's like, that's that starting point. You know, maybe if you continue that story, um, you know, you're down the road, what does she do from there? You know, is there something where she can start, you know, a ministry that donates coats, you know, is she, you know, um, recognizing other needs that might happen or again, making her more open to other needs that you described that aren't necessarily monetary just to being, warm in how she treats other people and how she speaks and giving an encouraging word um yeah alan graham of uh mobilos and fishes right he had a a similar story right where you know he was out i guess he was you know multi-millionaire uh real estate tycoon out with his girlfriend uh on the on the town and a homeless guy asks him for money he's like ah get out of here you bum go get a job right and then but i think but but i don't know something about the encounter struck him right and he ended up Giving up his right, giving up his his career and going off and starting Mobiles and Fishes, just wow. dedicating himself to you know. And I guess you've been on one of those trucks, right? Doing the. Uh, I, I haven't done that one, but I did another one that's kind of similar, where it's it's not homeless, but it's um, you know live in senior citizens. Well, what's it called? Yeah. The Meals on Wheels. Oh, Meals on Wheels, yeah. Um, which I mean, it, it's similar in terms of it because you got both the feeding and just the interaction. You know, you get the both. I mean, it's not just the food; it's the food and the time to stop and say hi and how are you. Yeah, I mean that's part of what mobilizes and fishes. Yeah, yeah, you go out on the truck. Like you go out on the truck and treat people like a human. Exactly. Uh, What I always like is my friend Julie. She's she's much better at that uh, than I am. But she what she'll ask somebody is how do you take your coffee? And it's very humanizing because it's um, you don't just go here take this you're poor you should be glad to have it. It's like well let me serve you. How do you take your coffee? Right, like you're their waiter. Or their waitress, right? Um, it's just an interesting twist and a way, you know, way of doing it, and it, it's also an evangelization type of thing because it's um, well, yeah, there's um, it's not overtly evangelizing, but there's like there's material there if they want to know anything about it. There's you know rosaries and um, all sorts of you know Christian material on the on the truck. So, um, yeah. Also, Lori, you were talking about money. That also makes me think of bringing up the point that yeah, sometimes it is difficult, but you know, I think. I think our teach our Catholic teaching some, does challenge us sometimes. I think a lot of people sort of fall on that too easily to say, well, I don't have anything. And it's like, well, you know, what part of your life, you know, yeah, maybe it's not a lot. Um, but I, I think that's why the, all, the whole uh, idea of, you know, all of the Old Testament type of stuff talking about giving is all in terms of percentages because then it works out where it's like, well, yeah, if you don't make a lot, then you're not giving a lot, but you're still giving something. You know, you're still making a sacrifice of the ways in which God's blessed you, because ultimately all our blessings are from God. So how are you making an intentional, regular gift and participation of your money? I mean, granted, back then it was, you know, wheat and chickens or whatever, but, you know, there's still something... I, I still don't eat wheat and chickens. What's wrong with that? Nothing, nothing at all. Okay. They're both delicious. Okay. But, That's what uh, but it's, yeah. it's, it's good to be able to make that... Part. You know, people act as if it's like treasure to giving giving your treasure your time, and it's like, well, it's not either or. Why not both? Well, I I do notice Americans seem to be more okay, other than maybe students, but like many Americans are much more tight fisted with their time than with their money. 
actually. I think they yeah, rape. They're pretty tight with both. I, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But yes, no, I agree. I mean, I, I've had many people, like, into, I've had friends in ministry, present company accepted, but uh, that, that would yeah. be, that would explain after volunteering in ministry would then spend the next year explaining to me that, no, that this is why I can't do anything. Or, or put me off for like, I had one friend actually say, like, I can't, I can't, I'm busy all this year, but I, I think April should be open of next year. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, it's it's both the time and the treasure. I mean, people do the same rationalization of either. That's why I say it's like, a re- how do you fit that into your life? You know, how yeah. do you make that a regular part of your life? You know. Yeah. I and think you got to start somewhere. It, and yeah, you start small. You can start small, yeah. And, I mean... Everything I know, everything in the Old Testament might have been in percentages, but I feel like um, it's not just like the rich people should give. It's, I mean, I, I'd like the poor to give. I'd like the middle class to exactly. give. I like to, mm-hmm. the working class to give. And mm-hmm. so I think everybody is going to be at a different monetary standpoint. Mm-hmm. But if they can at least spread the word of Christ, that would be a different message. That would be a sense of hope. Sure. Um if, if you look back in the day, like way before our time, the way in which our church ministry ran was kind of reaching out to people. I mean, there's still some other religions that re- really go out and go to the community and reach out to these different people. And it's, it's kind of like we have the power to do that, too. Uh, uh, part of building a Christian community, it kind of starts with us expressing the faith of Christ and showing the light to other people. And so um, I think that is really important, whether we do it through um, monetary means um, or other means where we can really kind of transform our way of thinking and our way of being. The the one thing I kind of worry about monetary means is that some people go, oh, I wrote a check. I've done my duty, and oh, I'm no. and I'm I'm like this person is not attached to that community. They're not attached to making that improvement within that community. And my thing is, hey, did you go in your closet? Did you take all those clothes out? Did you um, give it to Goodwill? Did you go over and talk to them about how to be successful, how to get back on your feet, how to have hope, how to have dreams, or are you just writing a check and saying? Hey, you got it. Yeah, I give back. I give back. But it's, it's different when it really comes from your heart and you really are um, kind of being. Um, well, you're connected. I mean, that's why, it's, again, that's why it's not one or the other. It's both and, you know. It's like well, yeah, without, Sam would, Sam would rant also about, about tithing, right? Well, yeah, I, but again, without um, the time, yeah. like you were talking about, it's absolutely true as well. I mean, you have to make the sacrifice and commitment for both because without the time then you're not in the community you're not connected to what you're donating to mm-hmm. and, and and again even it may just be something that has no monetary value at all it's just literally something like a smile or an offer of prayer that can only be made if someone's actually in the community if they're actually participating in the life of the church agreed oh, I agree. yeah Thank but you. yeah, I, I give you an opening to rant about about uh, tithing as well, right? So, oh, Dave Ramsey's big on tithing, so but it's a tenth. And he said people argue: is it a tenth of take home or a tenth of uh, well, uh, and, or a tenth of gross? He said but you're not doing. It. Americans in general right. are doing are doing. Yeah, either, so. I mean, what, what does he say about the taxes that have been taken out? 
Well, that is. That's the, more the, than a tent, right? Well, yeah, versus, well, but the whole, yeah, it's way more than a tent. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, well, yeah. it's, but it's the idea but, of that versus gross. From the Catholic perspective, I mean, it's not, you know, some point out that it's not, is the Protestants view it a little more differently, where it's kind of evolved to become a little bit more of that commitment, but... Um, it, it's still not bad. You know, some Catholics will knock it as, well, that's not exactly, you know, what we teach, that it's this specific tenth. Yeah. But this, my counter is, well, at least it's a guideline. At least it's something to get in your head, you know, it, it, again, to start thinking of something that's a regular commitment, whatever it is, rich or poor, there's something you can commit regularly to give, and you recognize that once you start doing that, that becomes your very life. You know, people are, it's, it's so weird, because you get the counter effect of, like, Catholics basically saying, I mean, see, I see it all the time where they're like, well, you know, that's not the important part. You know, these other things are the important part. And it's like, well, again, it's both and. It's not either yeah. or. And it's like, well, church, church you still needs to have the, the lights on. Yeah, and exactly. The, you still have air conditioning and, a, and yeah. lights and, like, you, you still yeah. have true needs that a church has. So it's like, well, people just write it off. I think a priest whose name I won't mention, um, I mean, even though he said this publicly in a homily, I'll still be nice and talk about how he was saying this one lady was, you know, demanding his time and really wanted to sit with him through all these prophets, but then she brought up the whole uh, giving thing, and she's like, I donated to the church, and he's like, and this isn't a hobbling, so this wasn't on a one-on-one conversation, but he's like, yeah, I went back and looked at her records, and she had literally given one dollar the last year. A <laughs> dollar. It's like, yeah, I mean, what... what it could have been a widow's mite, though. You never it, know. That could have been... You know, yeah. I don't know. Looking at somebody's monetary <laughs> means to be like, this no, person but, gave a dollar. But, but, but it's the point that, that she was... She's the one that brought up the point. That's what I mean. She is the one that, that was she was of, saying like, she was entitled because she yeah, donated. Yeah, exactly. Her, that she, so. she It was coming from her perspective of, like, I'm entitled because... Um, of that, and she may like, have put in cash. I mean, it, it, it I, may have only been that. Uh, you know, I thought it was a funny story. It, yes, it's it, uh, yeah. all in all, it's not the best means to which to encourage someone to give, but it yeah. does point out. I'm just bringing it out as the point of so many Catholics just sort of falling on the idea of it. Just it, it's basically off the radar. I have my my cable bill, my gas, my yeah, rent. That, uh, These are all the things and, that and I, I pay the, for, and everything else is just I, the church gets the scraps. They get the little yeah. pig feed, you know. It's like no, this the, the church giving should be a part. The first fruits. It should actually. be a part of what you do in the whole scheme of your your giving. Okay, I, I have to. You really got to me about that whole dollar situation. No, I again, I, I know it was cheesy. It was a just an example. It, it just it well, just, the same priest. Well, I, I know who you're talking about. We won't mention, but uh, <laughs> but he often brings up Time Warner Cable as if everybody donated to the church what they donate to Time Warner Cable. Yeah, and I agree. Um, and again, it shouldn't be, be a, either or. Sometimes uh, people so yeah. point that out as like. But he said, just if you're giving to the church that amount, then yeah. he wouldn't have any financial problems. Exactly, and I so, could. Couldn't agree more. I mean, it's like, can you oh. imagine if people did? And it's not its not to say that you should give up to Cable to do the church. It's just, what in your life can you do to make, maybe make it both? Maybe you don't have Cable, but, like, just be a regular part of your giving. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay, so you really get to me with that comment on <laughs> on a whole dollar situation. The reason, the reason why is because a priest never should have looked at the person's giving. Um, because I feel like when you go into church, it's... Um, Number one, Catholic. Sure, yeah. And Catholic is no. defined as universal. So 
any anybody walks through that church, they should be accepting. Of yes, them. I could. And they yeah, should yeah. give them all. The, I think she absolutely. just meant they that, should give because them because the she was time acting like the, no, I couldn't she, agree more. She was deserving of. She is deserving over of, and, over and above. I, I suppose it's more she was over entitled. And above that she, yeah, she's I entitled think. over and above, and and I agree. And but what, one thing you got to consider is that he's human too. I mean, he's there's not, a limit on his time, right? I mean, so I agree that it's. I agree that I know exactly where you're coming from, and and absolutely everyone has access to God's love and that also includes access to God's love through his church and through yeah. his ministries. I couldn't agree more. Whether and, you're, and I, whether I, you're I, poor or whether I, you're rich. I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you that that was not maybe the most appropriate story. That's kind of why I thought it was funny and that's why I didn't include a name. I agree with you that may, that may not be the most um, Christian or holy approach he took to getting a very reaction. Because again, you got to... But the, the main case, point is giving... Charity, charity. Yes. We should all get. <laughs> so, all right. Okay, so with that, we should probably end this discussion. So, all right. Well, it's been good to have you on the podcast, Lori. Thank you for having me, <laughs> and thank you for driving down, coming down from Temple. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming. All right. Thanks. Thanks for being on the show, and Merry Christmas to us all. Amen. Amen. God bless us, everyone. Everyone. Tiny Tim, too. All right. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back. Okay, that's our show for this week. I'd like to thank my friend Sam Higgins for putting in an appearance and talking at length about whatever it was that he was talking about. And also thanks to Lori for driving down from Temple to be interviewed. I think she was uh, expecting a free t-shirt from me at some point, which uh, we will have to get her uh, the next time we order a batch. And I want to wish uh, a Merry Christmas to all of my people wherever you are. Thank you for joining us for a mile or two in our walk with God. This is Joe Geisler saying good night and God bless from Austin, Texas. We'll have a lot of life. Get closer to the Lord. Just chill out.